You're listening to Startup Acquisition Stories, a podcast featuring the stories of startup founders and buyers who have successfully gone through an acquisition process using Acquire.com, the world's number one startup acquisition marketplace. To date, Acquire.com has helped thousands of startups get acquired and facilitated hundreds of millions in closed deal volume. Here's your host, Andrew Gostecki. All right. I'm here with Peter, who I have the pleasure of speaking with, who actually acquired a company for four figures and then later had it acquired for six figures. Peter, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, man. How are you? Good. I I love the chat we were having before we uh, started recording. But for those that may not know you, do you want to give a brief background of yourself? Yeah, just a brief background. I <laughs> grew up in Indiana, went to Indiana University, um, started my first software business in college, um, bootstrapped that for seven years full-time, about 10 years total, um, sold it to Ford Motor Company, and then have done a bunch of other little software business, including Bishop Peak, which is the one that uh, I sold on acquire.com. Um, yeah, that's the the business background of me. Nice. Well, congrats on all the acquisitions, but I really want to focus in on on this specific one here. Um, I yeah. guess my my first question before we dive into the business, um, what what got you into entrepreneurship? It's such a deep question, brother. Um, and I <clears throat> I'm working on this right now and uh, putting a ton of energy. I'm calling high school hustles. So when I was a kid, I was doing the lemonade stand attached to my bike. I was doing, you know, my dad had free tickets to a tennis tournaments, so I was. I was scalping those. Um, I was just, I view it as like solving problems. And um, high school, ran a, ran a dance for the high school when I was a freshman. And, you know, we probably made, I don't know, five or 10 grand. I was like, wow, there's some real money there. Sophomore year, I ran the book sale as a student government kid for the whole school. So then by junior year, it was 2008. My dad had a business that went bankrupt in 2009. And I like really faced this like, oh, I'm failing. My family's failing. This sucks. And um, so I started throwing I started throwing dance parties. Sorry. I started throwing dance parties and um and I made with my partner, we both made like 40 grand in a matter of six months. So it was like this amazing experience to really uh, build that that high school hustle skill. Um so that was really what got me in was I'd say seeking freedom. It would be the 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 simple answer. I love that. Especially um when you learn sales at such a young age, especially in entrepreneurship, it is so impactful for your, because I always say entrepreneurship arguably could be like 90% sales. Um, I had a similar, you know, upbringing where I was selling like baseball cards. Uh, definitely had like the lemonade stand where the goal was to get the person and like just drop a 20 in and then you're yeah. done. Um, that's awesome. Um, so related what? to... Um, yeah, yeah I'll, to, I'll bug you on those later because I want to get yours on. We, we've been calling them. So so the thing we're doing right now is we get high school kids, 86% want to be social media influencers, have them instead of being on social media, try and focus on mentors like you, interview them, create a video on their journey, their hero's journey, and then challenge them to come into the high school once the high school kids know about them to put money down during lunch for high school hustles. So that's what I've been playing around with recently. And it's because of my experience and like yours, flexing that muscle, courage, making a sale, solving a problem, all that. Oh, man, I love that. Because if you learn just like the basics of sales and like you said, like hustling and learning rejection and learning how to, you know, position a product for someone to buy, it's it's everything. And if you learn at a, a young age, it's a skill set you carry with you your entire life. A hundred percent. You're planting seeds that may grow when you've spent 10 years in corporate life and you see the opportunity or you do a side hustle. So when you get fired, you're like, Oh, cool. I'm already making half my salary. I'm going to keep working 
and I'm not worried about it. I love that. Um, yeah, no, I, I'd love, especially the lemonade stand. I don't know if you have anything in there, but, um, maybe for, for another time, but, but tell me about, so before we started recording, you told me that you actually, you didn't start this business. You actually bought it. Um, yeah. can you tell me how you bought it? How did that happen? Yeah. What was the thought so process behind buying it? I won't spend a crazy amount of time, but you know, I have to give like the background. So college comes, we want to improve buses and track buses moving around. So I was a student body president of my college and my business partner, Ilya and I were like, how can we do this? So we got quotes and they were all crazy prices. So we ended up doing, we got a group of students. We built a terrible V1 and it was like, didn't work. We built that better. And then we did that full time. Um, I did invest banking, he did consulting. We quit, we did it full time. We built our team and bootstrapped and sold the Ford Motor Company. So then I sold, I had some money. Um, I was the largest shareholder. It went really well. Um, but honestly, I was kind of missing the, that hustle. I was missing solving problems. I honestly, I was missing my team. Just like these parts that you don't realize I crossed the finish line and thought everything was great. But COVID hit, I started having kids, but I, I really missed that, uh, that, that camaraderie. So a guy in the industry that I was in called me. I was like, hey, this competitor, is, is doing poorly. And I was like, tell me more. <laughs> it's like, yeah, they're, they're kind of on their like, uh, you know, last leg financially. They had an acquisition that went bad, but that went poorly. And they were basically spun out during COVID. So the original founder, I got on the phone with him, we kind of we clicked. And I met him at a I flew out to an industry conference, like I have the next week, next month. And he basically was like, yeah, we're gonna have to declare bankruptcy. So my ears peaked up, perked up. And I was like, Oh, that sounds interesting. I've never bought something for bankruptcy. This like, you know, we all assume like, oh, you can get good deals. Sometimes that's good deals on terrible stuff. Sometimes it's good dealing. And everything I talked to him about, the business looked awesome. Uh, he just got in a really bad spot. So long story short, I think the original offer I made was nine grand to the state of California. Um, I think we settled at 11. I have to look at my notes or maybe 10,500. But, you know, it was roughly at kind of like 4,000, you know, right at that, um, that $5,000 mark. Where I bought the business. Um, super interesting process. So I don't know, just for anybody that's listening that's curious about this, the judge, is this something you want me to tell a little bit yeah, more about? Yeah, keep, keep going, please. So basically, we couldn't have a formal relationship, but I told him, I was like, I'd like to buy your business. He's like, look, it's not my business anymore. The state of California is taking it over because there are assets owed. He had some credit card debt and some things that that needed to be resolved. And he's like, you know, I've, I, I will not make anything from this. Um, you know, but I'd love to see the business continue. And so it, it formally gets passed over to the state of California. And then they hire lawyers. And I forget the exact name for them. But these lawyers, they're kind of contingency. So like, they're deal makers, to their credit, they want to make a deal. So then they put it out publicly, anyone can bid on this business. It's always fun, because if you start like you did, and I did at an early age, you're always like, what's, what are people's incentives here? Like, what's going on? So I basically realized this lawyer if it's less than like 10 grand, they don't even want to do a deal because it's not worth their, they they make whatever, 10%, 5% of the sale. It's like they don't even want to do a deal for less than 10 grand because they don't even make their thousand bucks. Um, so they want to, mo they're motivated to actually get something done, but over a certain fresh. So my game theory is like, uh, well, how can I offer the least amount possible and still get this business and not have the lawyer just kind of get rid of it? So I, I, I hired an attorney to represent me. Uh, I think it was through me. And I think it paid like a five grand retainer. And that would go through the whole process. We'd make an offer, we'd do all of this. Um, and then basically, I was the only one who bid on the business. So, you know, they didn't tell me that. But they were like, hey, you bid nine, how about 11, uh, 10 and a half, and it's yours or 11, whatever I paid. I was like, cool. 
Sounds good. So then I signed an agreement and all the assets. Now, software is interesting, right? Because the assets were like the website, the Amazon Web Services account. It was like all of the software platforms. And then I just went to all of the clients. There was about 150K in annual recurring revenue. So I just went to those clients and said, hey, I, I have the assets. Or I, did, I didn't, I didn't want to scare them with the bankruptcy. So I just said, you know, I'm the new owner of the business. I've been in the industry for nine years, really excited to serve you. I try to do personal calls with each one of them. Um, and then I hired, there were only two, two and a half employees and I hired them immediately for this business. Interesting. So you, you essentially bought this business for 10 grand and then later resold it for six figures. So can you walk me through just um, what you did to kind of, you know, yeah. reach that? That's like, that's, yeah, that's we, an incredible ROI. Yeah, kind of, you know, and I, I'm pretty zen at these points, so I'm happy to share numbers and they're not um, crazy numbers. We sold, I technically sold for $350,000 and I spent, you know, three months doing due diligence, kind of learning about the business where I didn't own it. And then roughly, I bought it and I have to look at, I'm terrible on dates. I think I bought it in January technically um, and then sold January or February. So I held it somewhere between four and five months. Um, I wasn't paying myself a salary. And then I, I, so immediately I had to start paying employee salaries, right? I started trying to sell products, which I had a lot of experience in that. And I hired a bunch of my old team to work part-time or full-time to kind of ramp up, um, ramp up the business. We closed some deals and, and it was really nice because my old business was going through a lot of trouble. Um, so was a couple other players in this industry. So I was like, oh man, there's a killer opportunity. Um, unfortunately, I just... You know, I did the kind of 80, 90 hour weeks for, for years. And I was like, I, 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 had to, I had to do this to realize I didn't want to do that again. And the team was so small with four or five people. It was just, I'm not the right person for the job. Um, so then I had heard everything you did on MicroQuire and, and we've, or Acquire. And we, um, we got to a place where I had like really good visibility. Most of my energy was just getting back to the phones, cold calls, old contacts, old clients, old everybody, digging all my old clients, trying to find opportunities. Um, I hired uh, some team to support the current customers to really put them in a great spot. I hired some team members to support the sales effort. And, um, and basically all of that got me to a place where I felt good about the business. And I kind of said, okay, I don't want to run the business anymore. I'm in a financially comfortable enough spot. I want to be more selective. I don't want to be back in the same industry just because I saw an opportunity. So I posted on Acquire and I had probably five or six inquiries and somewhere between five and 10. Most of them were like the solo, I'm a private equity person that wants to go buy a business. And like, I, they just didn't feel like the right fit because I think a lot of them are optimizing around like, oh, I want to buy five or 10 businesses and I need like each one to be self-sustaining. And this was a little bit too early still to really work on that model. Um, and then Cole, who um, had a, a software business that he sold to, I think a publicly listed group, he exited, he was... He was not a co-founder, but, you know, I, I, he was one of the first hires and made some money. Um, he kind of came out of nowhere. And I just, day one, like, loved him on the first call. He saw the post. I basically said, look, man, this is a solid business. It's doing great. I'm just not the person to run it right now. Um, now, you know, I'm different than a lot of other people. I don't want to, like, pop my chest and say I killed it because I didn't. I gave him a seller note. So he's paying me over five or six years that $350,000. So he didn't have, he didn't feel comfortable putting all the money down day one. And he, the money he has, he wanted to put to build the business. Uh, so we did a seller note because I didn't need cash immediately, but I was, I wanted to transition really quickly. And I want to take care of the team that I had brought on um, and just be a steward of the business. Like I like the industry and the, the thing. And I actually, 
he's coming to town. I live most of the time in, in Indianapolis. He's coming tomorrow. And he just texts me. He's like, hey, I'm dropping in to see, hang out with all the team. Can we catch up? And it's been fun because, I, you know, in retrospect, maybe I would have sold most of it and held on to some equity. But I was happy to just like cut, move on, dive into some of this nonprofit stuff. I want to give a year or so of my time and energy and let him be the, the the next leader of the business. So I don't know if that answers all the questions, but that's the-, the Yeah, yeah, no, that was great. I mean, I'm just I'm just fascinated by how you pulled this off. It was a company in bankruptcy. You acquired it for, like you said, 10, 15K, and then you turned around and you get a 30X um, return. Was that like your initial goal? Like when you bought Not the business? All, I mean, or were you just kind of like, hey, let's see what happens here? My initial goal was- and people don't talk about this a lot, but I exceeded my financial goal. Like I had this dream and I was like, I want X dollars. And I hit that and it's like, shit, what do I do now? Like, I'm actually not happy. It didn't solve all my problems. Like I miss a lot of things I was doing. And, you know, I was this kid that always was worried about not having enough money. Like that's just deeply ingrained in my mind. It actually doesn't go away once you make a bunch of money. It only gets worse because then you're freaking out about losing it. <laughs> so like yeah. really my initial incentive was more like, I want a business that's throwing off a couple hundred grand a year that's kind of on cruise control, which is super common and everybody's saying it now. But I mean, software just doesn't, I don't, I think most software is hard to really get to that point. Like it's not cash flow style businesses. Um, and I, and I just recognized I was doing it for the wrong reason to want that as my goal. And the first time I did it, it was solely freedom. I wanted to be able to go travel where I wanted to work from wherever. Like I knew I was going to work, but I wanted to do it on my own terms. Uh, so I just recognize that's not what I, I, I don't need to just go generate a couple hundred K. That's not, that's not a good optimization for me right now. That, that is an awesome story, man. Congrats, congrats on um, the acquisition. I'm glad everything worked out, especially with, you know, selling to someone that, you know, you've already had a previous relationship with just makes everything easier. And then also being able to take care of the team, but man, seeing a 30 X ROI on, well, how long did you have the business for? What period of time? It couldn't have been more than five or six months because I, I bought it in, I can't remember what day I, I'd have to look up the purchase agreement. I bought it this year in 2023 and I sold it. I don't remember. And, like, and, and we had a verbal agreement, but it took us four or five weeks to work through the document just because I didn't, I didn't put a personal guarantee on it. So I wanted a lot of other guarantees and protections. So it was kind of a weird um arrangement, but I was working on it full time, maybe three tops, four months, and then negotiating a sale for maybe a month, six weeks. Um, so minimum, you could argue is like four months, maximum four, five or six. That's incredible. You made like, you know, 50, 75,000, like a month, just based on, you know, that, that effort. That's yeah. If it all comes through, right. And I believe in Cole, I believe in the team. I think he'll do it. But you know, after the fact, I definitely felt that way. During the grind, you know, just being honest, I was like, shit, I'm about to lose a couple hundred grand. <laughs> this is not a good, which, yeah. which many entrepreneurs feel it, right? But I think um, it was it was all worth it in the end. And I think both one, the financial return that I'm hoping to get, but two, I needed to have that experience to to be clear about what I want to do right now. Yeah, that's an awesome story. I mean, I haven't heard someone buying a company. Actually, I have one friend who did buy a company out of bankruptcy and told me about it recently, but um, haven't seen one, you know, bought in bankruptcy and then successfully resold for 30 times the original price. So um, congrats again on acquisition, Peter. That is awesome. Yeah, I appreciate it. I, I actually think it's an interesting space to think about in today's world because you have all of these, you know, kind of the anti everything that you preach these like highly fundraised businesses that did their A, B, even C, you know, metrics have fallen off. 
they're not going to be able to raise funds. You know, they're kind of in a weird spot. And some of them will just be like, I don't, you know, I'm not going to make any money off this and I don't want to work on it anymore. And, you know, if those businesses, I think, I think one key thing is to, to approach them early and just kind of say, Hey, this is something I'm interested in. Cause I think one of the things I've learned is you kind of need to know what's going on. If, if I'm interested or somebody's listening to the story, just going on like bankrupt.com and looking up businesses is not going to be the best way versus trying to at least hear, Hey, this company's having a problem, try and go create a relationship and understanding. And it may be as little as like, the owner or the primary the CEO just wants to see the people all have jobs. And that was, John's an incredible guy. He's the founder of this Bishop Peak business. Um, he just wanted to make sure his team had jobs and wanted to make sure that the business survived. He had spent 10 years building it and just had a couple really unfortunate, um, you know, bouts of bad luck. Um, and I, I was, you know, the right guy at the right time in his eyes. That, that is awesome, Peter. I, I love this story. This is probably one of my favorite podcasts yet. Um, so what are you, what are you up to now as we kind of round out, um, our conversation? Yeah. So I'm, I'm doing this nonprofit temporarily called high school hustle. The idea is I'll be in next week with a guy who sold his business for, you know, um, you know, somewhere in the range of, he had 70, sorry, a hundred million in revenue when he sold his bootstrap business. We're going back to his high school. We made a film and we're going to like make him a superstar and he's going to put money down for kids hustles to try and get them to get over the fear of failure, take risks, learn selling. Um, so I'm doing that. I've kind of committed to myself six, 12 months to kind of like try and make this revolution in the high school age. Um, when I go talk to high school students, they're all scared to answer questions. They're scared to take risks. If you look at the studies, they're not getting the driver's license. They're not taking risks. They're not having sex. They're not doing all these things that like are signs of taking risks. So it, it scares me and, it, and I want to try and help solve that problem and use my own story from high school as, um, as a, a motivator for that. That's awesome. Peter, you're an inspiration, man. I, I love it. I'm rooting for you, man. Well, um, if you want to learn more about your uh, story, where can they find you online? Yeah, probably the, the easiest way is just LinkedIn, uh, Peter Servas. I'm, I'm going to start doing a little bit on kind of Twitter and we're going to do videos of uh, stories. So we're trying to get like one minute clips of example high school hustles, what you could do if you want to make a grand this weekend, uh, five grand this summer. And then also stories like yours to try and show other people. And because nobody knows where you started, people probably don't know what you were doing as a hustle when you were 15, 10, eight, but that's where it started. I mean, that's where your journey really kicked off. So we're going to start true. doing a lot of it'll be high school hustle on YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, all of that as well. Awesome. Well, I'm looking forward to it, Peter. I think it's just a, a great cause what you're doing because I, I like you, I started entrepreneurship early. And I think the younger you start, you know, the more knowledge you carry throughout your yeah. life. So it's I'm a here. it's a muscle just like sports or music. Like we we do. So I, I I feel you, brother. Well, I'm rooting for you, man. Well, thanks again for coming right. on the podcast and congrats again on the acquisition. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. All right. Cheers, Peter. Yeah. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Startup Acquisition Stories podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard today, make sure to like and follow on your preferred channel. If you know a friend or colleague that's thinking about selling their startup and don't know where to start, please share it with them. For more information on Acquire.com and how we can help you start conversations with serious buyers with acquisition targets ranging from 50,000 up to 50 million or more, check us out at Acquire.com. We'll see you next time.